We're beginning this morning with a shout to the Lord. We'll see how this goes. <laughs>
chapter 16, verse 10. If you have an electronic device, you can press the button and it will bring you there. If you need a Bible, we have some Bibles over here on the table. It would be page 510 in that Bible. If you have your own Bible, whatever page it is, that's great. We are in Luke, out on the table in the hallway, a schedule of what I've been preaching through and up until the end of April, that's where we're headed. You can listen to sermons online if it works. Hopefully the technology works. If it doesn't work, would you let me know? I did hear from one person say they were having trouble accessing, so let me know and we'll get that straightened out. But there's plenty of things on the table you could use for your own benefit. 
or for others, please feel free to give things away, inviting people and letting them know about our Lord and His church. Luke 16, verse 10 through 13. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Pray, Lord, you would bless the reading and the speaking of your word this morning. Pray, Lord, show us your glory. Thank you, Lord, for everything is for and towards and by and through. How wonderful you are, high and lifted up, exalted. And you are glorious even in these few verses. Pray, Lord, you would use these verses to equip us, teach us, mold us, shape us, form us, guide us. Pray, Lord, we would see you in these verses. Pray, Lord, we would hear from you this, this day. And teach us, lead us, help us apply it. These are challenging words. And you don't hold back anything. Pray, Lord, this would confront us today, convict us, and let us see growth and change. And all God's people said, Amen. On the back of your bulletin, what we're talking about this morning is being a faithful steward. We talked previously in this chapter about being a shrewd steward, being wise with what God has given us. Today we want to talk about being faithful with what He has given us. Next week we will talk about being obedient and we will make our way through a little bit more of Luke. There's a lot that can be said about faithfulness. The main idea, we're not going to spend years on it. It could be spent years on. Jesus wants you to be a faithful steward. Jesus wants us to be a faithful steward over what He has given you to manage or what He has given us to manage. And he says this very clearly in just a few verses. It's very easy to understand. We'll see if I can cram five minutes worth of material into 30. It's a gift. <laughs> we'll look at the character and the conditions. We'll look at crisis and consequences. We'll look at conviction. He says in verse 10, one who is faithful... And let's just take a few moments to talk about what does that mean? What is faith? What is faithfulness? And we talk a lot about being full of faith. So what are we talking about? Define that word. It means to believe in or to hope in or to be devoted to, put your trust in. The word that's used here, pistos, that's Greek, 
That's where we get our word epistemology from. It has to do with knowledge and knowing what is true, knowing what we can believe in, knowing what we can have faith in. It involves commitment. Lots of things come to mind when you think about faithfulness, conviction to do the right thing, making sure that you are headed in the right direction, making sure that whatever situation you're in, you're depending on someone or something, they will come through. You have faith that they, he, she, it, will come through. It's that dependence or it's that reliance upon. And I read this morning from Hebrews 11, that's the classic chapter, the definition of faith, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And if you have a chance this week, read through Hebrews 11, and you will see all of the Old Testament saints, God's people, Abel and David and Abraham and Moses and everybody that did everything out of faith in God, stepping out in faith. Paul also wrote about faith. Jesus wrote about faith. We think about ministry and we think about Mother Teresa or we think about missionaries. Adoniram Judson, Hudson Taylor, David Brainerd, all famous ministry workers, missionary people who went out in faith to do the work of the Lord. It's March Madness. Go Jacks. Go Coyotes. Go Hokies. Go Buckeyes. Go Hawkeyes. Go Badgers. Go Ducks. Whoever it is that you're going for, you are faithful to your team. You, ho you are hoping, you are hoping they will do well. We think about a dog is faithful. Military dogs are faithful to their leaders and their trainers and their owners. We think about in these verses here, Jesus is calling our attention faithful to God. Our faithfulness to Him. He is the person to depend on, trust in, rely in, etc. And you think about that word and you think about who you have faith in or what you are faithful to. The value of the thing. Having faith in something that has no value isn't really the best idea, and it's not worth it. You want to have faith in something that's going to last. We can be committed, we can have faith to our teens, March Madness, that'll be over, and then what are you going to do? There's baseball. Well, yeah, that's good, and then that'll be over. Then what? And the big movies are coming out. I'm waiting for the Avengers, and the Avengers will be over. And in the end, it's not real. All of this will pass. I was thinking about sports. Ikiro, Alan's not here, he's a big baseball fan. Ikiro Suzuki plays for the Mariners. He's a famous MLB Major League Baseball. He's going to retire at the end of the season. We think about other sports players, Peyton Manning, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. If they were putting their faith in their sport, well, that's come to an end. Now what do you do? Think about faith in a job. And we know that jobs come to an end. 
faith in the stock market, stock market crashes. Faith in a levy, that levy won't break. Guess what happened? That levy broke. Faith in Allah or Buddha or a system of religiosity. There is an insurgence, New Age atheism, and a resurgence or insurgence of belief in crystals and shamans and little wood idols and splinters. Faith in the person or the thing that has to last. And this is God. We, Jesus here, faithful in God. Faithful for preparing what's ahead and what will come. Because that's what faith is. Faith in what's going to happen tomorrow. Final exams are coming up. Taxes need to be filed. <clears throat> the end of your life is coming. Think about faithfulness. Being a faithful steward as you prepare for future things. How you live and how you walk today. Preparing for God, His future. These are some big questions wrapped up in that word, faithfulness. And these are some convicting things, and these are some crisis of belief situations. What are you doing here? What are you living for? What is this church here for? What is my family here for? Are we here? Are we just taking up space? Do I have purpose? Is there meaning in my life? Faithfulness, being a faithful steward to look ahead. And how will I use what God gives me as a steward, as a manager, whether that's dollars or minutes or square feet? Will I be shrewd, faithful, obedient, thankful, forgiving? This is what Jesus is working on as he's making his way to the cross. This is what he's teaching the disciples here, and the Pharisees are listening in. We'll deal with Pharisees next week. Look at verse 10. Here's the character issue. Here's the condition. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. One who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. This is not the first time that Jesus has brought up money. He talked about the rich fool, fool, back in chapter 12. The guy who built the bigger barns. You fool, your life is demanded of you tonight. What is all of this going to get you? And he will say it again in chapter 19. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with the little bit that you've been given. So now you will have authority over more. Some people say, I haven't done a count yet, but some people say Jesus spent more time talking about money than even heaven or hell. Have to count that up and see if that is really true or not. It certainly seems like he spends a lot of time talking about those issues. Think for a moment, please. What are you faithful in stewarding over? Whether God has given you little or he's given you much, and those are relative terms. Are you faithful in managing, stewarding over what the Lord has given you? 
And there are times where he may give more. There are times he may take away. We sang this morning, blessed be your name, even when the sun's shining down and even when I walk through the desert, wilderness places. He gives, sometimes more, sometimes less. Are you being faithful with what he has given? Trusting and hoping and depending on him. And eventually we know the day will come. This age will pass. Unrighteous wealth of this world will pass. And future hope, future glory, the world to come, that's what we look forward to. Are you stewarding with that in view? In verse 10, the opposite of faithfulness, Jesus says, is dishonesty. If you're dishonest, if you're faithful with a little, God will give you much. If you're dishonest with a little, you'll also be dishonest with much. You might remember Bernie Madoff, 2008. Bernie Madoff with the money, as in. He only started by 2008 when he was over $64 billion dollars he had worked through, had filtered through his system. I only started small, he said in his biography. $5,000 is all I started with. That's the nature of sin, isn't it? Disregard for God and His purpose. Starts small, escalates more and more. Proverbs 28.20 20, A faithful man will abound with blessings. Whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. I wonder if Jesus was thinking about that when he said, verse 10. So we know how this works. If you're a student teacher and you're faithful with the assignment that you've been given as a student teacher, you'll be given more responsibility, more responsibility. You'll become the head of the class. You'll even teach others and train others teachers. That was my experience as a teacher. Maybe in the job world, promotions, you're faithful with a little bit, you'll be given more. The junior lawyer shows and proves his worth. He's promoted. He's given more cases. Eventually he becomes a partner in the firm. And the flip side of that, if you're not doing those things, dishonesty, well then you don't get to move on ahead. Faith has to do with character and heart issue. It's the inner man issue. The little reveals the larger. And if you can be trusted with little, God says you can be trusted with more. Faithfulness is not an accident. Jesus in verse 10, if you're going to be faithful with little, that's not an accident. You do not drift into faithfulness. It involves an act, an action. That guy's a real faithful guy. How do you know that? Because I've seen what he does. The choices that he makes, or her, the actions of faith, the heart process that's going on inside. Faith is a muscle to be exercised. Athletes train in their sports. We as disciples of Christ in the kingdom train in faithfulness. Slow steps, a long obedience. Slow, 
obedience in the same direction. And it takes a lifetime. And we tend to fall, and we'll talk about falling a little bit later. Faithfulness is the function of verse 4. The shrewd manager made choices so that he knew that he would be set up with the rest of his life. Faithfulness involves making shrewd choices and future vision and thinking ahead. Faithfulness also has to do with verse 9, weighing the value, unrighteous wealth or eternal dwellings, which should I chase after? And it also has to go towards verse 14, the Pharisees who were unfaithful. We'll talk about them more next week. They mocked Jesus for his view. When you think about faithful in a little and God giving us more, faithful in much. Faithfulness to step out of the boat, Peter. Faithfulness of the men who brought their friend on a mat to be healed. Faithfulness of the boy to take some bread and fish. And the next thing you know, thousands are fed. And all the people of Hebrews 11 cross the Red Sea, walk around the walls and shout, go out and kill the giant. I don't know what's going to happen. This could all fly in my face and go to pieces. But because God said it, I'll do it. And I step out in faith. I ask you this morning, what are you prepared to do? What is your character? What do you look like to others when it comes to faithfully stewarding? This may lead to a crisis. And it may lead to consequences. Verse 11 and 12. These are good questions. Jesus had the ability to ask good questions. Verse 11, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, the money of this day, the manna, the thing that doesn't last, if you haven't been faithful in that, who's going to entrust to you true riches, the things that really do count and matter at last? Who's going to trust you? Answer, nobody. God giving you unrighteous wealth of this world and you're not faithful, you think he's going to give you more? True riches, eternal dwellings, treasure in heaven that does not rust, moth that does not destroy? No. Verse 11 is actually an attack on the Pharisees. Jesus started dealing with the Pharisees in 15 and they'll come up again in 16 because this is ongoing tension. This is an attack on the Pharisees. They lived foolishly. They had no faith. Faith in themselves and their system. Not faith in God. And we'll get into that next week. You have been given potential to serve God with every minute, with every dollar. And you are using it in faith. Hopefully, shrewdly, fearfully, obediently. You've been given a car. You've been given vehicles. You've been given buildings. You've been given a phone. You've been given whatever it is. And if you can't use that in faith for the purpose of God, the glory of God, with hope and bigger vision, who says that you're going to get more? Really? 
Here's another good question in verse 12. If you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? If you can't trust what someone has asked you, could you watch my dog, please? And if the dog dies, sorry, well, I'm not going to do that again. If you can't trust what someone else has given you to watch after, who's to say that you will have more? All things come from God. All things are God's. All the silver and gold is mine. Every minute is mine. Even if you're breathing right now, those breaths are not your own. They come from God. Even if your heart is beating now. Is your heart beating? Praise God. That's from God. You don't own that. We are so quick from birth. What's the first thing that your kids learned how to say? First thing my kids learned how to say, mine! Nothing is mine. Nothing is ours. Everything is to be used and stewarded and managed. And your children don't belong to you. You're just watching after them for a while. Eventually they turn 19. Today is Daniel's birthday. Go do what you're going to do. Eventually they grow up and they leave and they hope that we have faithfully stewarded our children. Your children are not your own. Your spouse is not your own. They are God's. Hopefully we are faithfully stewarding them well. Martin Luther said, we must use everything upon earth as a guest who travels through the land and comes to a hotel where he will stay overnight. He only takes food and lodging from the host. He doesn't say, this property is mine. And in the same way, we treat our temporal possessions as if they were not ours. We enjoy only as much of them as we need to nourish our bodies and help our neighbors with the balance. This is the life of the Christian, only a lodging for the night. We have no continuing city here. We are on a journey to heaven. That's where our Father is. That's where our real home is. We have no lasting city in this place. What's permanent? What's going to matter? When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. 10,000 years and beyond. This iPad won't matter. That's hard to say even. I have a little thing here. It's hard to say. This iPad doesn't matter. Use it for the glory of God. I ask you how this works in your life. Maybe this is a crisis of belief. Maybe you want to control your stuff. It's my stuff. And it's not. What are the consequences for how you live? How could you, should you, need you live? If you are a believer and follower, a faithful steward. 
And Jesus drives this point home in verse 13. Period at the end of that sentence. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. God is exclusive. If money is what is king, if riches hold and control your heart, then that is what you will serve. This is either or. And it is a challenge. It is his conclusion and it brings conviction. And he confounds you. Maybe he even confounds you and blows up your world. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not doing what I should be or could be or want to be. Oh God, change my life. Back in Jesus' day, there were servants and slaves. Servants and slaves can't work for one master in the morning. I'm working for you today, and in the afternoon, I'm working for the other guy. No, you're a servant. You're a slave for that guy, period. 24-7 service. Two roads diverge in a snowy wood. Sorry I could not travel both. Two refs make an opposite call in the game. Can't do both. Who are you going to serve? Who will you be a servant to? Who will you be a slave to? A slave to sin and Satan? Or a slave to righteousness and God? A slave to the unrighteous wealth, the manna, the system of this world? Or a slave to the king? and his kingdom. If you are in Christ, you have been bought with a price, and your life is not your own. You are his stuff, and he does with you what he pleases, and you are to do with the stuff he gives you what he pleases for his glory, his purpose. Double-mindedness is damning. And there is no neutrality. I'll just sit on the fence. I'll dabble in a little bit of this. I'll dabble in a little bit of that. Either serve God or serve wealth. Serve yourself. Serve the system. The men have been going through Wednesday mornings. 1 John. This is how John writes it. 1 John 2 verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, pride of life, that is not from the Father. It is from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. I wonder if John wrote that down thinking about what Jesus said here in chapter 16, verse 13. Your values and actions must reflect your God and His kingdom. What's important to you must be what's important to Him. That is seen in how you faithfully steward over His stuff, even your very life. This is difficult, 
This is hard. You have to get out of bed to do this. It means training, just like the athlete works out. Maybe there are some things that need to be cleaned up. We fail. We do fail in these areas. It is hard. We always want to take back and hold on tightly. Mine. We have to get back on track. We confess our sins. God works. He gets us back on track. We sing at Awana, God's still working on me. This is part of growth and sanctification. That's the word we use as we talk about growing in godliness. And thank you, Lord, for receiving us back when we mess up. That is the gospel. That is grace. That is good news, even when we mess up. Thank you, Lord. It is something we need to continue to fight in. We use His Word to help us fight. We use prayer and reading. Next week will be communion. We celebrate at the Lord's table, and we use that to help us. We remember Passover dinner, Easter Sunday morning accountability and the function of the community to help us stay on the narrow path. Faith in Christ, following Christ. God is at work to change our hearts. Lord, please be at work in my heart. Make us, make me more faithful. Faith is a gift from Him and He continues to will and to work in us. He equips us in faith. And every day is another opportunity. Faith does not even come from ourselves. The best example of faithfulness is God. God, faithful to His people. The faithfulness of Jesus to the Father. The faithfulness of the Spirit to minister and intercede and act. So we take upon that ourselves the example of God and He gives us faith and grows us in this. I ask you some questions this morning. See, I can, I can cram five minutes into 30. That worked out well. I ask you this morning about where you're strongest as a steward. Where do you need to ask God for grace and growth? Faithfulness, Lord, make me more faithful. Think about what God has entrusted to you. Think about what you are faithfully stewarding over. Think about the decisions you need to make. What are you going to do with your tax return? What are, if you're getting one, what are you going to do with the minutes that you have? What are you going to do with the phone in your pocket? There are a lot of commercials. I've seen some commercials on TV about the dad is busy on the phone, the mom is busy on the phone, and the kid is sitting there. What am I, chopped liver? Like, come on, you're gonna, what are we going to do here? And so put down the phone and play with your kid. You cannot serve both God and phone. Put the phone down. Love one, hate the other. Very quickly... This does speak to us as a church body as we consider this building or another. How could we faithfully steward either of those resources? Whether it's here or somewhere else. Is it faithful to stay here? 
is it faithful to move? And those are some questions that you need to think through and pray about and ask yourself. We have had vigorous debate. We will continue to have vigorous debate. And April 28th at our congregation meeting, potluck, and we'll be voting on that issue. Every member can vote. If you are not a member, I encourage you to be a member. But please, share. We love you if you are not a member. Share your thoughts. Let's take some time in the quietness of our hearts. That's a lot to deal with. Thank you, Lord.